Today on Ag News Daily. So we have a lot of opportunities to, one, stimulate the immune system and try to prevent disease, especially the, when it comes to BRD. And then when we do run into BRD, we have some very strong portfolio of antibiotics. Oh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Delaney Howell joined by Tanner Winterhoff this morning on an Ag News Daily podcast brought to you by Mystic Lubes. For a full look at their top quality products, head to Mystic Lubes. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K Lubes.com. Tanner, I'm all discombobulated already this morning. You must not be home. I'm not. I'm at the Farmer to Farmer conference this week. I'm super excited. Yes. Make sure you find me a seat and keep it warm because I'll be showing up later this afternoon. Well, we look forward to seeing you. You know, this is probably not the right time for a joke, but I'm going to insert it because the warm seat just reminded me of it. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Cold, cold toilet seats are physically uncomfortable, but warm toilet seats are mentally uncomfortable. Hmm. That's a, I, that's a good one. I agree. I had to think about it for a second, but I got it. Yes. So please uh, just save me a seat. I don't need you to keep it warm. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Ditto. Back at you. <laughs> no, that is perfect. Well, hopefully the weather holds for everybody headed out to Omaha. Uh, it does look like it, the neighbors to the north, North Dakota and west central Minnesota, will be seeing some snow, one to three inches possible through the rest of today and into tomorrow. Northwestern North Dakota may also see wind chills that fall below negative 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Those cold wind chills could cause frostbite, not frostbite, <laughs> with less than 10 minutes exposure to your skin. So it looks like we're going to be cold while we're out there, but the southern plains will find some much needed rain following Tuesday, Wednesday, into early parts of Thursday, coming through parts of Oklahoma and northern Texas. So going to get some moisture with a couple of systems moving through the U.S. Yeah, and we are officially heading into a the 29th month of a La Nina weather pattern, Tanner, but a lot of meteorologists are suggesting that the existence of the La Nina pattern should be in a decline here. They said that the influence of La Nina will greatly diminish starting in January and February, and after that we will see, a, we should see at least heading into an El Nino weather pattern next year, but they said their confidence is fairly high that La Nina will diminish in the first quarter of 2023 and lose much of its influence on worldwide weather by February, Tanner. So the weakening La Nina should help reduce rain intensity from center west to center south and northeastern Brazil during their soybean harvest, which should give them then a favorable soybean harvest, now, which is always a mixed bag for U.S. producers. But in Argentina, there still will be the potential for improved rainfall. And it'll be interesting to see how crops shape up there in South America, because as we know, they are going to be coming online anytime now. Yeah, you're right. It'll be some more weather news for us to keep focus on here as the year progresses. Hopefully we can get some subsoil moisture built back up here in the U.S. where it's been near drought conditions for over 65% of the country. But I want to go down to Florida for my next article, Delaney. The Florida State 
Senate Ag Committee has a new chair. We have a Republican chair just appointed, Jay Collins. He's been appointed to the Senate Committee on Agriculture as its chair. That's a big move uh, for a senator who just won his election less than 30 days ago. So this appointment comes now and brings him into the upper chamber with extensive experience in agriculture. Collins grew up on a family farm and has family still active in agriculture. So this is vital to the agriculture community of Florida because their outgoing commissioner, Nikki Freed, was a Democratic position and also was seeking a bid for the Democratic nomination for governor. And a lot of the state, apparently, Delaney felt like her focus on the Ag Committee diminished as soon as she was taking on that battle of governor nomination. So it's time to quote from Jay himself. So it's time to turn the page on our overzealous outgoing Ag Commissioner, who is far more concerned with waging a personal vendetta against the governor than she was about the issues that were important to our farmers. So this will be a big move for Florida agriculture, as Collins will also so serve on the Appropriations Committee and transportation uh, for transportation. So it'll be good to have both of those committees running hand in hand as our Florida listeners will find great value in that new leadership. Well, Xander, switching tracks here to Chinese leadership, they have put out a couple of interesting pieces of news as they're trying to drop COVID testing in Beijing to wider easing. They said that tests are no longer required for supermarkets or office spaces, um, as well as airports. They said uh, that previously you were not allowed to go into those places without a negative COVID test, but this is the latest step in nationwide testing easing, which they saw unprecedented protesting after their zero COVID policy, and the people have spoken, so to speak, Tanner, and they are saying that they no longer want to deal with these ongoing lockdown restrictions. So this could be just one of many steps uh, to see here how the people take it, but COVID numbers are still rising. So it could be interesting to see how the Chinese government deals with this when on the one hand, they believe the best path forward is lockdowns, while the people are definitely very obviously fed up with it, Tanner. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Um, I think a lot of the U.S. would feel the same way if for some reason restrictions as those were put on us here. But let's pause here real quick for a message from our sponsor this morning. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Early last week, Delaney, we reported on the Ag Lender survey that came out and a lot of the results that we shared on the initial release were about current balance sheet and profitability trends for farmers. But they released part two of the Ag Lender survey. Of course, that's taken by more than 300 agricultural lenders and the American Bankers Association and Farmer Mac are the ones that conduct this. And their focus on part two was future profitability on the farm. 
most lenders saw overall farm profitability increase in 2022, but almost nearly 100% are projecting a decline over the next 12 months. Many American farmers and ranchers are experiencing the strong recovery, says Jackson Taka, the chief economist Farmers Mac, for Farmer Mac, but now they're facing the third consecutive year of rising expenses. So the largest area of increase, as they are seeing here, is uh, on the fertilizer side. 68% of ag lenders reported an increase in cash rent rates. 41% expected rental rates to climb again in 2023. And 50% of the ag lenders expect at least a 3% increase in land values. They also talked about profitability by region. It looks like most regions are now paired back to around the 65% mark compared to 2022, where the Plains and Corn Belt were above 80 and the West and South were above 75%. So everybody's been paired back to the 60s level. The top five concerns faced farmers, according to ag lenders, is going to be number one, interest rate volatility. We've talked a lot about that and what the Fed has done, but then also what they are going to do in the future. They look like uh, credit quality might be something that we need to watch out for and ag lenders plan to focus on ag loan deterioration a lot in 2023 to make sure that we can be of assistance to those who need it before they get into trouble. So it'll be interesting to see Delaney and how things play out and what profitability looks like in 2023. Yeah. And we're starting to get some final numbers Tanner for 2022. And as you said there, we saw really great income numbers this year, but as we head into 2023, that may not be the case. Farm income jumped 14% to a record high, according to the USDA, which this data obviously is not finalized as we're not through the end of the year, but they're anticipating a record net farm income at $160.5 billion this year. They said, despite a steep climb in inputs and expenses, this jump in 2022 was approximately 14% higher than last year, Tanner, and twice as high as three years ago when we were dealing with the China-US conflict. So this could be one of the last years we see here for a while if the forecasts that you just mentioned there do come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like uh, it's going to be a news of or a day of banking news today, because the last article that I have to share with our listeners is around fraudulent PPP loans. So I think a lot of our listeners participated in the PPP program, and those that didn't were very strongly against it. It reported now, coming out of the SBA administration, people set up fake farms across the country, Delaney, to secure these paycheck protection program loans, funneling their loan applications through financial technology firms that collected billions in fees and really disregarded the red flags for these new fraudulent loans. Potato farms in Palm Beach, Florida, Delaney, orchards in Minnesota, specifically orange orchards, cattle operations on the New Jersey Pier were just an example of a couple of the fake farms that were set up. So it didn't look like they tried very hard to disguise themselves, Delaney. Hundreds of thousands of farms legitimately received aid in 2020 and 2021, but these fake farms were just a portion of the fraud alleged. So it looks like the House Senate Subcommittee on Coronavirus will be continuing to investigate a portion of the PPP loans to identify more fraudulent loan applications. 
nearly 90% of those PPP loans were forgiven. During the height of the pandemic, the Small Business Administration approved more than 11.8 million loans for just under $800 billion in financial relief using more than 5,400 lenders. So you can see, Delaney, as to why that would be difficult for them to track. Farmers, foresters, ranchers had more loans approved on the 2021 factor because issues were changed to the application that allowed more farms to qualify. DTN has already reported that there are multiple fake farms generating hundreds of thousands of dollars coming out of an Ohio audit. So it'll be interesting to see where this comes about and what our total number comes into play for fraudulent loan applications. And then Delaney, what the penalty is for those that committed the fraud. Hmm. I can't even imagine all this, Tanner. Yeah. And, you know, some of those loans maxed out at $20,833, which was the most you could get without having uh, employees on your wage staff for historical years. But even then, uh, that $20,000 isn't going to seem worth it if the penalty is very, very high. So we'll continue to monitor that and get back to our listeners with updates when they come about. We'll pause one more time for a message from our sponsor today. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, Tanner, as we look at the overnights here, we certainly had a little bit of a turnaround Tuesday, at least in overnight markets. So this morning, March corn will open at 641, up a penny and a half in the overnight. January soybeans will open this morning at 1451, up 13 and a quarter cent in the overnight. And March Chicago wheat will open a penny and a quarter higher at 740 and a quarter. Quick reminder on where livestock closed and will open this morning. February live cattle down a nickel yesterday on the day to open this morning at a buck fifty five eighty two. January feeders will open at a buck eighty three seventy seven and a half, and February lean hawks will open this morning at ninety fifty two and a half. Tanner, without further ado, let's kick it over to today's Tech Tuesday interview with Merck Animal Health. Listeners, I'm here with Dr. Parks, Technical Service Manager at Merck Animal Health. Let's talk a little bit about bovine respiratory disease. Dr. Parks, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So I come from Texas beef industry. BRD is a huge thing that I've dealt with my whole life. I know we have some new vaccines, some new technology coming out. What's different and how are you improving upon Zeprevo? Okay, some of the new things that we have are really around... Uh, a couple of years ago, we came with some new vaccines, uh, Bovillus nasal free, Bovillus nasal free PMH. So they're intranasal vaccines uh, designed to stimulate the immune system through a mucosal delivery. So we're stimulating a, a very robust immune response of calves. We're seeing it used a lot in young calves, trying to set up that calf early in its life, stimulate the immune system. So as we start to think about stressful times, weaning, and as we move production cycles, we've set them up with a good, a good foundation to build on as we move cattle through. 
And recently this year, uh, we came with a new product uh, called Aerovin. It's a lactobacillin product that really closes in, comes into our, our antibacterial uh, portfolio, along with Zofrivo, as you mentioned, uh, as well as Bristol Gold, Neutral Gold. So we have a lot of opportunities to, one, stimulate the immune system and try to prevent disease, especially the comes to BRD, and then when we do run into BRD, we have some uh, very strong portfolio of antibiotics to help to treat and control at that level. So focusing on prevention for BRD, I know a lot of cowboys are asking, what can they do for early detection for these calves, especially those high-risk calves that you talked about? Well, recently, we, uh, Merck has really entered into a technology space. Normally, uh, we've always been known as a, a biopharma company. A lot of vaccines, a lot of therapeutics, but now we've entered into the technology space. We have a new product that's called Sensep Feedlot. It's a tag that we put in the ear of cattle that, that constantly monitors temperature and it monitors activity. So it's a tool that we can use along with pen riders to help find cattle and find cattle a little bit earlier in the disease process. If we're doing a good job of stimulating the immune system develop an immunity in that calf, we can start our treatments in these calves at an earlier stage with a good antibiotic. We can start to reduce the negative impact of BRD on the, on the calf itself and really affect what we see in the lung. Anytime we see disease processes, we can end up with scarring. And if we start to, to scar down very large portions of the lung and cattle, we're greatly going to reduce their ability to take in the amount of oxygen they need. And we start to see that as a production loss. So, so these cattle just don't perform as well. So since our feedlot is, is a new technology that, that really is, is a great aid in helping the helping producers and cowboys find those calves and those sick calves a little bit earlier. Especially calves that may just be really good at hiding the disease. We're not we're not seeing it with our eyes but but this is monitoring them twenty four hours a day so it really gives us a good idea of what this calves are. Absolutely, and since this has a constant monitoring of temperature and things like that, and your vaccines as well, does it help with other respiratory illnesses, coccidiosis, stress, anything like that? The, what SensHub does is it really, it, it doesn't just find BRD. What it does is it finds an animal that's different today than it was yesterday, but also an animal that's different from its group, because... Constantly in the background, there's an algorithm running, and there's there's this machine learning taking place that's helping to tell us what that normal is in that animal. So it really finds that outline. So a lot of times, it's just going to it's going to indicate to us this animal's different. We need to look at it. It could be respiratory disease. It could be something else. But it gives us the opportunity to get a better look at it and just find that hopefully find that animal sooner in the disease process. Absolutely. And looking at these ear tags, they seem pretty high tech. So without getting too far into your pricing, how reasonable is this for these smaller yards? And the big players already seem to have a lot of the tech in place. So how likely are these smaller guys to be able to implement this technology? You know, a lot of this technology, uh, it's based on battery life becomes important because it does have a sealed battery. So it becomes uh, based on how many times can we turn that tag. If we're able to turn that tag over uh, three to four times a year, if we're looking at a background, it makes them become very reasonable. Uh, when you look at the cost, and generally you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of ten to twelve dollars. If we look at those turns, uh, but it really boils down to how many turns can we get out of it. 
and how are we wanting to utilize that tag? So the cost effectiveness is there if we're able to trim these tags, and that's kind of the key. We've seen a lot of these tags being utilized in the starting and the backgrounding stage. So, so a lot of times what we're seeing them do is they're putting these tags in through the backgrounding stage and then bringing those animals in as maybe they leave the backgrounding facility or the feed yards that they make when they bring them in for revaccination or re-implant timing. Uh, that type of scenario, that's when we see the tags being removed. So, so there's a lot of opportunities uh, to, to, to deepen to basically make them economical to fit in. Uh, you got your initial upfront cost and installation, that stuff that it really works out very well as we start the number of returns we can get out of each tank. And on the other side of these vaccines and the nasal spray you talked about, what are your suggestions for cowboys after administering these medicines? Do they need to stay out of the cattle for a few days? Is there anything like that they need to acknowledge? You know, when we look at when we look at treatment of cattle, uh, a lot of the antibiotics in the are longer acting in. So I highly recommend that any time we're looking at talking about handling sick cattle, prevention of disease, work with your veterinarian because your veterinarian is going to be prescribing these, these antibiotics, uh, aerogens, prevo, nufor, whatever it may be. They have different durations of activity, and therefore they may have a different post-treatment interval. Uh, so we may, uh, we may have want to wait three days on one drug, but we may want to wait seven days on another. Work with your veterinarian because those intervals, they, they're able to understand what they've seen, where they've seen success if you look at different intervals on these drugs. So a great working relationship with your veterinarian is extremely important. Absolutely. And last question about your medicines here. Do your vaccines have a difficult withdrawal date that makes it harder on cowboys? Or are they pretty short withdrawal dates? How is that? Our vaccine, most of our vaccine withdrawals are going to be, fair, are going to be fairly short. Our antibiotics are going to vary in length. So it's really a good idea. I mean, we have to do a good job of keeping track of keeping records. Uh, make sure that we are observing the withdrawal time, whether it be 21 days, whether it be up to 35 days, 38 days, whatever it may be, for whatever product we're using. So keep good records. Make sure that we're observing those withdrawal time frames. It creates a, a very wholesome product for us. It's creates a lot of consumer confidence in what we're doing because as an industry we do a great job uh, we just need to keep doing what we're doing so, uh, so people are aware of all this. Absolutely. Dr. Parks, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, great conversation there, Tanner, that Cassidy caught with Merck Animal Health. We've got a few more NAFB interviews coming up. Good. And we're going to grab maybe a couple while we're out at FBN. So stay tuned, listeners. Great content each day this week as we put it together for you. And don't forget to follow us on social media. But today, what do you say? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go.